the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remembering that we are still in the season of Trinity Tide, although our time is growing short in that season, as Advent is coming right around the corner. We always like to be rem reminded of the reason and the emphasis that's on this season of Trinity Tide. It's in Trinity Tide where we take everything that Christ has done for our salvation. Through His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, ascension, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into our lives from Pentecost on. And we address the question, based on this great salvation and kingdom that's been offered to us, how then shall we live as God's people? That's the focus of Trinity time. And with that in mind, we hear the words of St. Paul today from his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4. He teaches us, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit with the bond of peace. St. Paul says, I'm beseeching you to walk worthy of the vocation to which you were called. Let's remember our vocation. My friends, we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a people belonging to God, and indeed we have been or become adopted children of the Holy Trinity. This is our vocation. This is who we are. How shall we walk in this vocation? Paul says in all lowliness and gentleness. Those two words are important. Lowliness. Humility. We are to live amongst one another. As if everyone around me is greater than I. It's the picture of our Lord Jesus Christ that we see on Monday, Thursday. Washing the feet of his disciples, the King of kings and Lord of lords takes on the lowest stature of a human before his own disciples who are following him. And he washes their feet. It's the same thing that we say in the Mass every time we gather together when we pray. Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am what? Chief. Chief. I am the one greatest in need of mercy. That's living amongst one another in humility. But he also says to live amongst one another in gentleness. And I love this word gentleness because another translation you'll find, which is actually more accurate, is live in meekness toward one another. And meekness, my friends, is not weakness. There is great strength and beauty and meekness as Christ walked in meekness amongst us while on the earth. Meekness is this, to live our lives in such a way with great strength in order to do no harm to anyone that's around us. In fact, somebody who's living in gentleness, somebody that's living in meekness goes out of their way to make sure that nothing that comes from them does any harm to someone else. In other words, the life of the Christian in the kingdom of God filled with the Holy Spirit is to live to be a blessing to the one around us, not a curse. A blessing. 
And from here, St. Paul goes on to teach how we might accomplish walking in this lowliness, humility, gentleness, meekness, when he says, live amongst one another with long-suffering. With long-suffering, bear with one another in love. Bear. Well, bear with what? Bear with the weaknesses of one another. Bear with the humanity. When a brother or sister in Christ is struggling greatly and out of them comes God knows what towards us. We bear with that humanity in love for one another. You know, every day when I do the hours of prayer, and mostly a lot of more times than not, I use the, the St. Aidan's prayer book for these prayers. And there is a prayer that I pray for our parish. I pray for each one of you, and all of you have gotten the list that I sent out of how to daily pray for one another by name. But I also pray very generally for our parish with very specific prayers. There's a prayer in the prayer book of St. Aidan. It's this. This is the prayer for a parish. Almighty and everlasting God, who does govern all things in heaven and earth, Mercifully grant to this parish all things needful for its spiritual welfare. Especially, and it has dot, dot, dot. In other words, especially and what you feel compelled to pray for the spiritual welfare. What is it that the Holy Spirit is showing us that our parish needs? And when I fill in that blank and I offer prayers, there are certain ones I pray every time. And then there are some that come up based on specific needs to our parish. But one of the ones that I pray every time is that we would ever grow in the long-suffering love of God. The very prayer St. Paul is talking about here. That we would grow in the long-suffering love of God towards one another. That we would become more and more greatly over time a people that demonstrate God's mercy through their lives. And that we would walk in the grace to protect such things by the taming of our tongue, which is so critically important. My friends, the scriptures call the tongue a sword for a reason. And so I pray for the taming of the tongue. Because in the scriptures it also says that from the heart the mouth speaks. From the heart the mouth speaks. We need to learn to see in the moments of our life to recognize that the tongue is the gateway to the experience of others of that which is in our hearts. The tongue is the gateway. With that tongue, if we walk in a lack of mercy and a lack of forgiveness and a lack of the fruit of the Holy Spirit's self-control, with the tongue we can unleash hell into a person's life in a moment. But also with the tongue, if we walk by grace and the divine mercy of God and in the fruit of the Holy Spirit's self-control, the tongue can be the weapon of greatest blessing that grants people the experience of the exhortation and encouragement of the person of Jesus Christ who lives and dwells in us. We need to learn with that self-control to stop what is in our hearts sometimes and in our mind when it's nothing but negativity that's eating away at us because of our own brokenness and control that gateway from coming out to the destruction of others. But at the same time, we also need to know, and this will be a little bit more of our focus this morning, how do we live to endure the humanity? 
of one another when it comes against us. In other words, how do we walk with long-suffering, with the brokenness and the humanity of our brother and sister in Christ? Now, our brother and sister in Christ, my friends, it can be our spouse. It can be our children that are unleashing hell upon us. Parents, for the children's sake, it can be the parents that unleash hell on their children and cause destruction in their spirits. Or it can be our brothers and sisters in Christ any time that we gather together. How do we tend to respond? Think about this. How do you tend to respond when the humanity of someone else is dashing itself with that sword of the tongue against you? What tends to go on in your inner spirit and in your mind? Consider that. And I want to offer you two thoughts on this. And the first one comes from actually our scripture, our morning scripture reading from the daily scriptures of today. From the book of Ecclesiasticus in chapter 8. There is a verse, a proverb of wisdom just for this that stuck with me throughout this week. The reading says this. Strive not with a man that is full of tongue, and heap not wood upon his fire. Strive not with a man that's full of tongue. In other words, the one that's dashing against you. That's full of something that is not of Christ. And out of their brokenness is coming this. Don't strive with that. It does no good. Because when you do strive with that and draw your sword, now we have a battle. And now we will waylay everybody around us. And there will be damage. And there will be greater relational damage. Not only that, you stoke the fire of the brokenness of your brother and sister by egging it on. Rather than putting it to peace. I love that verse. The wisdom of God given to the writer of Ecclesiasticus is showing that nothing good can come from waging battle in those moments. Oh. <clears throat> In the same way, our Lord teaching us to be long-suffering. The other thing I'll offer you this morning. I saw on Facebook from many priests and Orthodox parishioners, they were sharing. It was one of the most greatly shared uh, Facebook posts to me this week that kept coming to me. And it was a picture of St. Porphyrios with a quote that he taught on exactly what our scriptures are about and what we're talking about today. I want you to hear the words of wisdom from this man of God. St. Porfirio is taught only prayer, silence, and love are effective. It is better to turn the heart of other people through secret prayer than to their ears. Let me offer that one more time. I really want that truth that this blessed saint taught to sink in. Only prayer, silence, and love are effective. It's better to turn the heart of other people through secret prayer than to their ears. In other words, my friends, let's make it practical. When the flesh of our spouse, our family member, our brother and sister in Christ is, is welling up, the humanity is welling up in them, and they draw their sword and come after us. Don't draw your sword back. My mind, when I thought about this today, you remember the story when Jesus was arrested. Here they come to take him into custody. And we're told in John that St. Peter draws his sword to meet with their onslaught. And he strikes the ear of the servant. And as soon as he does, Jesus looks at him and says, and we find this in Matthew, 
Put away your sword, for those who draw the sword will surely die by it. The same is true with our tongue, my friends. So what St. Porphyrios is telling us is when that onslaught comes against us, don't draw the sword of your mouth, of your tongue to engage. Instead, let your mouth be used to pray for the brokenness of your dear brother and sister in that instance, in that moment. You pray that whatever it is that it has disrupted the kingdom of God's peace in their life be restored. That Christ come and offer them such mercy and love that it calms their spirit and heals their soul. We pray. And by praying, we turn the hearts. And by praying, we preserve relationship. And by praying, we protect the unity in the kingdom of God. Rather than drawing the sword. My friends, if we will put this into practice, then we will experience the fruition of what St. Paul teaches in Ephesians, but also what is the end of the prayer for a parish that I began for you. Because the end of that prayer is this, that God might bring all to be of one heart and mind, unity of love within the fold of Christ's holy church to the honor and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.